movie time Digging through the crates of the throwbacks Could I get away with that today? We don't know yet Sit back while Diane and Jess examine this hot mess Cause it can be no classic unless it passes the smell test You smell it Hello and welcome to the Smell Test Podcast The weekly podcast where we review beloved movies from our past To see whether they today as of February 2024, still hold up. And by that, we mean culturally, ethically, humorously, and through our own personal gut checks. We conclude our episode by judging whether or not the film we've watched passes the smell test or not. Before we get started, we have a few disclaimers. In other words, don't sue us, please. Uh, <laughs> we don't have any money. We don't. We're poor. <laughs> we can't actually help you. <laughs> this podcast represents solely the opinion of the podcasters and is meant for entertainment purposes only. Um, I always add only. I don't know. It's not on there, but I always add it. Um, <laughs> sometimes I'll kill actors off. Sometimes we'll say people are uh, running whole ass cults. Um, it happens. Uh, uh, this... We weren't wrong about any cult leaders so far. Allegedly. Uh, we also <laughs> This podcast also includes spoilers. So if you want to watch the movie beforehand, by all means do so. This week we are covering Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is currently on Max and pa- Paramount Plus. So go find it. Go watch it. Um, as for who's talking to you right now, um, this is my name is Diane. Uh, I am 37 years old. I was born in the year 1987, so I was two when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach. I uh, teach a few different types of classes, but I, I dabble a little in pop culture. I dabble. I do a lot in ethics. I guess uh, I realize I've primarily published on ethics at this point we're going to co-publish on ethics yay um and we will talk about that for a year because that's when it's due yeah (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about research ethics today maybe um and (laughs) uh yeah and i'm i'm a dude you know like i'm 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 a dude i would say like (laughs) identifying as a dude which i think is relevant for today uh (laughs) so uh jess tell us about yourself Hey all, I'm Jess. I am a 42-year-old. So this movie, I was, you know, eight, seven, eight when this came out. Um, I actually did not watch this as a kid. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, I am an attorney uh, and I study ethics as well. So I teach uh, the legal and ethical environment of business and then also disability law. Um, Yeah, that's my story. That's my story. That's a song, <laughs> I think. Yeah, okay, today. <laughs> so, um, trying to have a Taylor Swift conversation, singing about love stories. Okay, whatever. We did that last week. No, no, no. That's my story. I'm singing too as a country song, but I did want to oh. just shout out um, Beyonce during the Super Bowl released a country song. Yeah. It's been stuck in my head all day. I listen to <laughs> I will say, so on that, like I'm not I just don't love country music. Oh I, I love my blood. What? It's in oh, my blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a northeasterner. That's not yeah, bad, yeah. But... No, it was but it was I love osmosis. that she had this like a black woman who plays a banjo who's like, We invented this, y'all. Time to go. That's like so I good. love 
I I listened. I listened. I will support. It's just not my kind of like. I feel like one of those songs would be like, could be, could have a line dance associated with it. We know how I feel about songs with line dances. I love. Do you not do? Well, I just feel like Kanye Joe is the same thing. Like no. it has that like hokey kind of. How dare you? That's not a line dance. That's the jig. Like that's a jig. That's okay. Jigs right. and line dancing are totally different. And I feel number that that one, movie could have a that song could have a jig. So number two, I've been watching so many TikToks of people doing their own line dancing, <laughs> to like to to Texas Hold'em is a song. Mm -hmm. and uh it's pretty good and it's it's like fast it's 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 cool because i've seen i've seen straight white guys do it mm -hmm. i've seen queer white boys do it in ireland i've seen black women do it i've seen black men do it queer black men it it's great it's it i is. love i love line dancing i've always wanted to do line dancing because i i love a um i love a pattern Dude, you need to. Janice goes. My friend Janice down there. So you need to call. Oh, her. she goes to the ranch. I don't know where it is, but she goes. And she asked me if I wanted to go. I said no. One time <laughs> I went to a gin blossom show at this bar called The Ranch, and they had line dancing going on. And I was transfixed. Okay. I've never, I, I did line dancing when I lived in Texas for a little bit, but um, like nothing. Nothing like what they do, like. But I just remember being like eight and like doing it, and being like, "This is fun." Like yeah. the the white part of me, right, needs instructions. Right. right I need right. a pattern. I need to be told what to do. Right. Yeah. So, um, so there's a very clear pattern in that. In the dance, yeah, and like I've watched YouTube videos. It's like because everyone gets so coordinated so quick. It's because there's a certain pattern that you follow. So I mean, I know how to do the electric slide. I know how to do those. Yeah, yeah, like any song, any song like uh, the Cupid Shuffle or um the Wobble was like Yeah, when I, yeah, when like I was, it <laughs> when I was serving, when I was waitressing in law school, uh, I worked at a restaurant that had like costume Fridays and like they would have a DJ and when the DJ came on and they played those kind of songs, we had to dance and it was like Oh I yeah, but I thought it was Coyote Ugly, I guess, but um a movie we need to cover. I know. For sure. I I I feel like I don't know if I can take it. I was listening to part of the soundtrack this week. All I need, <laughs> I need is a starlight. <laughs> yeah, like when Leanne Rhymes tried to go into this like a bad girl thing. Yep. So the song "The Wobble." Not trying to call anyone out, but one time I worked somewhere where music would be playing from event tents and one time i straight up watched a girl she was like across the way from where this tent was and the wobble came on and from my window i watched this girl drop all her stuff and just like militantly walk over i did enjoy that the wobble i do enjoy the ones that i don't mind the ones that have like a kind of hip-hop vibe to them because that's more my style of music. Like, I just don't like, I don't know. So how do you feel about um, air guitar? <laughs> I've never played it myself. I'm not against <laughs> it. Every once in a while on, dry, on RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on this show, but like Eric and I are super fans and we've watched like all of the seasons and 
And every once in a while, you know, one of them will break out an air guitar on their leg in very high heels. And that's just impressive. So I'm down with it regardless. <laughs> so it works here. <laughs> I've never done it. Um, now, I mean, I really want to now. Maybe we got to incorporate it into life, especially the slow version, thing. like that the, they the, call to like, in the trench coats. Because I've always guarding our religion. walk around in a trench coat. So what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We're <laughs> referencing it right now. So uh, what's the film? Well, it's the first in the Bill and Ted franchise. It came out in 1989. It follows Bill and Ted, <laughs> who travel through time to assemble historical figures for their high school history presentation. So Jess, what's your relationship with um bill and ted so really i don't have a huge like relationship with this movie it's just last week when we were talking about like the himbos that we love versus like you know the sexual predators in biodome i said well like bill and ted weren't part of like they weren't like that and then i was like shit were they like it <laughs> but yeah um, so that's why we're watching this movie i've seen it before i thought it was cute and i like moved on but i didn't see it until much later Eric, my husband, who you all have met, uh, if you listen to our most boring episode, uh, <laughs> about that, what was that movie called? Was Night it? of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Um, but uh, Eric watched it in like theaters. He was, you know, he would have been like, why is it born in seventy four? So he would have been fifteen when this came out. So he was like, clutch audience. Um, but. I just wanted to like show that you could be like a a little adorable dummy and not be a sexual predator. And that's why we watched dummies. it. Okay. That's why we watched it. Yeah, but um but I will say, you know, I the it is they are adorable and Polly Shore was almost the blonde guy's role. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he was initially cast for that. So it was going to be Polly Shore and Keanu Reeves, I guess. Huh. <laughs> so that's funny, right? That is a fun fact. Yeah, um, so, so they credit like Polly Shore's some of Polly Shore stuff as like him choosing not to be in Bill and Ted and then just using that same character. That same shtick. Yeah. Seven years later or wait, when did no Biodome came out way sooner than that? Three no, years. Seven years. It was ninety six. Yeah, this is eighty nine. Oh, came out ninety six. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know why I second guess myself. Anyway, so I had actually never seen this. But I feel like it was one of those movies that was so popular that, like, they were just so beloved that you knew who they were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, Keanu Reeves has had a long, illustrious career since then. So, I mean, he's just a pretty beloved dude at this point. Um, Alex Winter, who plays Bill S. Preston Esquire, uh, he, I don't know what his career's been like, but I grew up thinking that Alex Winter was Sean Penn. I always, I grew up thinking it was Keanu oh, Reeves and Sean Penn. They have a very similar kind of, yeah, because when we watched Sean Penn in um in your movie. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, that was, yeah, he did have that vibe. Yeah, so I grew up thinking it was Sean Penn for until like the year 2000 or something. Oh, so interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I didn't have a relationship with this at all. I have seen at Universal... They used to have during Halloween Horror Nights, 
Bill and Ted were the hosts of the variety show that they do. Okay. So they used to do like uh, one of the entertainments at Halloween Horror Nights used to be like a sketch show that like made fun of everything from the past year. And I think its utility kind of ran out because they switched it to a, a very sexy uh, like Cirque du Soleil thing, like a very, like very sexy uh, performance is called um, Nightmare Fuel. <laughs> Okay, so I think I almost bought... I've never gone to a Cirque du Soleil show, but like now I am super interested lately and I just want to go see one. Oh, you should go see... I haven't seen one of those exactly, but I've seen uh, Cirque du Soleil style shows. But anyway, so Bill and Ted have been fixtures in my life. I'm, you know, a middle-aged millennial and uh, I just feel like they've been very ubiquitous, even if you haven't seen it as they were for me. Watching this, you know, like I said, I spent a lot of my childhood in California. So a lot of the like excellent yeah. type stuff like that was that was just in our culture. Yeah. A lot of this was our cult like because it is they're in San Dimas, California. Right. So yeah. it's California dude culture. Yeah. So um. All right. So I wanted this has been bugging me and I just wanted to ask. What's your what do you know? OK, let me figure out how I ask. I'm going to sound really stupid um, <laughs> with this question. Doesn't Esquire mean that you have a law degree? Yeah, it means you have a license. A license in what? In law. Yeah. yeah. So it's. I'm an Esquire. You're an Esquire, <laughs> yeah. but Bill is not an Esquire, <laughs> Correct. Right? I have no idea what he says. I think it's just to be funny. Okay. I always assumed Esquire meant like the first. I don't know why mm -hmm. I thought that. But then at some point, I realized, like, I don't know, I by seeing it a bunch, that it meant you have a law degree. But it's not a law degree. It's a license. Yeah. Yeah, I Okay. I mean, maybe, you know, in California, you don't have to go to law school to get a law license. You have to do a series of like, that's why Kim Kardashian, she didn't go to law school, but she's like studying right. to be a lawyer. I mean, it's dumb. It seems like a lot more work, to be honest with you. But yeah, that's part of it. Yep. Okay. So, um, I mean, there's a magazine. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it has a dual meaning. It's a feudal designation in Scotland. Okay. It historically was a title of respect according to men of higher social rank. That's the, that doesn't help anything. Yeah. Uh, over time, it's become to refer to commonly and exclusively to lawyers. Yeah. How that happened is unclear. Okay, so it was just like a okay. I get it now. You feel better. Yeah, I wish I, mean, I had a more a more eloquent way of saying that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you're supposed to put it on until you're actually a lawyer, right? Do you, you ever... know what I'll say? What's so funny about this movie, though? What'd you say? I said, do you ever call yourself Esquire? I write it when I need to write a serious letter. I see. I wrote, or if I'm writing like cover letter, it's like Jessica Homer Esquire CCEP. Mm. So, um, 
So what I was going to say is, you know, what's kind of interesting about this movie is that even though that they're portrayed to be dummies, there are points that their vocabulary is so excellent. Like, <laughs> so excellent. It's just, excellent. It's excellent. But he was like, we're failing in the most egregious way. <laughs> like, and I'm like, yeah. but you know, egregious, like that's a big word. Right. They say they said a lot of stuff that was, um, I would say, like, I feel like I probably grew up using some of those words, even though I hadn't seen it. I probably grew up using words that like wrong because of them. But they didn't they didn't use them incorrectly. No. And when they read about even though they called Socrates Socrates, Socrates, right? Socrates, they were like, he said, the only true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing. And then. Keanu Reeves like dude that's us and I'm like yeah that's a very smart thing to say and I but wish they also more CEOs the... and bosses thought that way but didn't <laughs> you mean self-reflective yeah yeah, yeah. I wish knowing that they I humble. wish that they had the self-reflection yeah. on Ted from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure well, they did pronounce Socrates correctly at the very beginning, and then they changed it. So yeah. then it's like they acknowledge. So were they? I don't know. Were they really that dumb? Let's start. Sure. Let's go there. I guess so. I think that they had their own like. You know what was throw off in this movie is the complete lack of weed references. I like, was about to say, like, I thought they were just high kids. But I don't they think they were high. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's one thing. Like, they act like they're stoners. They, I mean, they sit around the garage all day around instruments that they don't play. They don't um, know how to play. They, they loiter in front of the Circle K and eat snacks. Yeah. So, like, by all behaviors, they I'm were assuming. stoners. Right. But it, that's never... That's never part of the plot line. Yeah, so they're weird. Good kid. I, I will say they're... though, the plot line, like it is just a fucking fever dream, right? Like yeah. they go, oh, absolutely. like they are saved by George Carlin's character to fix their history report so they can stay together, so they can save the world and rebrand the entire universe. Right. With their music. We never get to anything that they do that's important significant they pass the history test right like so. well to be fair it's part of a trilogy at this point so maybe that maybe that, <laughs> maybe that plot point gets developed well but, it started it started as uh like uh the two writers those were improv characters that they started and then they wrote the movie and cast the other uh, one. <laughs> really yeah wow and that so was actually three of them at the beginning and they, uh, the Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, Bill, Ted, and Bob, but the Bob character didn't stay. So, oh, in the, in the improv games. So, but yeah, you snooze. So it you just started as improv characters. Um, but it is just so funny that there it is just like this weird thing. So, do I think that they're intelligent? I actually think that they uh, don't take themselves seriously, which I wish more people were like that. But I don't think that they're idiots. I think that they just like kind of bop around living life. And that's like a, I wish I could have done that. I wish it could be like Crazy, that. I don't man. think most of us have that ability, right, to do that. But they're just like being kids, kids being kids, you know? But they also seem to try. 
Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, they were, they weren't like a Spicoli that's just, like, blatantly disrespectful, right? No. Yeah, not at all. Like, they were definitely giving it a shot. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I was thinking when I watched that? Besides one part, right? We, like, let's, like, they hugged and called each other an F word uh-huh. rhyming with hags. Right. But um, besides that, this was like a really early version of the gentle man that we've come to appreciate now. So I just, I saw Wonka today. today and one of the things about Timothy Chalamet in that movie is that he's like a young adult. I think he's supposed to be like either like like a very young adult in the movie but there's a little girl and he's like dancing with her on a roof, but it's not creepy because he's like gentle and kind. And you know how like a lot of I don't know if you've heard when you see on social media a lot, they kind of like bitch about men not being manly anymore. But like Bill and Ted were soft. They were like kind and gentle. Right. and They were they would never harm like their whole thing was just be excellent to each other. Right? <laughs> like that was their whole thing. So right. I feel like they were kind of like those characters were very a little bit ahead of their time because we that wasn't how we saw men we saw them be goofy but we saw them be goofy sexual assaulters right like we saw in biodome they were just like sweet and kind to each other and kind to other people and they only got in fights when they needed to and like you know they helped billy the kid out of like billy the kid was a bad guy <laughs> like we're gonna have to talk about this the people they chose as like important historical figures but that (laughs) (laughs) well one thing related to that is they didn't even get really violent as much as they outsmarted people right they they rode runners they rode runners like the whole thing was watching yeah Yeah, i can't believe you fell for that (laughs) <laughs> they pointed to the Goodyear blimp to Western, like old right, Boston. and they're just like made you look and just like left. Um, oh, um, I will say, uh, yeah, I came in maybe expecting that uh, there would be more things than what you just said. Yeah, uh, that they would have done or said. Uh-huh. Um, especially when I heard about princesses being involved, I was like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> but overall, I would say the only I would say, well, I mean, I guess they have varying degrees of are is that okay now or is that cringe now? But I would say the only problematic, or maybe not only, but one of the most problematic people was Mister Preston. Yeah. And they just kind of glaze over like it's part of the plot line that Bill's dad, Mr. Preston, uh, has a wife who's like three years older than them. Like that was like, I can't believe how hot your mom is. Can you believe she was a senior when we were freshmen? <laughs> that, that sucks. That's and so then he bad. asked him later, like, you remember when I asked her to prom? Yeah, that was so bad. So oh, it's oh. like. That part seemed like given how like they're they're doofuses, but they're pretty wholesome. Yeah. Um, so that part seems so like orphaned from like it's part of the gag, right? Like, oh, we have I I'm calling her mom, and you know, Ted keeps saying, dude, that's your mom. But you see, that's another smart thing because he recognized that he had a little bit of an Oedipus complex, and that, that was like a smart moment. Right. 
So I would say, but like, so that's part of the plot line, right? That's part of the gag. Mm -hmm. But also, he, his dad is fucking someone who's only three years older than him, which in is his just bedroom. in his bedroom. So that whole thing, um, I don't know. What do you think? Like, did you? I mean, I think I you told think... you about that it happened with my brother's friend's dad is with one of his i mean it's gross but it happens <laughs> <laughs> as long as she was over but it seemed like i was actually a little more disturbed by how well she seemed to know the history teacher and I yeah like, oh. it seemed like something had happened there too oh. you know what i mean yes. so i would say those were the things that creeped me out a little bit um but I did have a, another question, and it is related to the entire. Um, well, no, let's get there where you talk. Let's talk about the people they collect, and then I'll ask you. Okay, so they talk about like the greatest figures in history, and they <laughs> picked like the monsters of history. Like not all, you know, Joan of Arc. I don't know. Listen, this is I. So I get a little nervous when someone is moved by religion to enter war. Right. And that was her gig. She saw Jesus or whoever when she was 12. And somehow made her way to be in charge of the French army to drive England out. I don't I think the problem that I have with religion, period, full stop, is how many religious wars, as we're seeing, get waged over them. Right. And so. So Joan of Arc, while it's very impressive that a female was able to overcome the patriarchy, I still don't know. I don't know if she was like, I don't know if I'd label her a good guy because she was still, to me, a little bit of a religious zealot. But I'm not a history person. So if you're a history person, you have like a better understanding of that then fine. But like Genghis Khan, I don't think anyone thinks that was a good guy. Napoleon. I don't think anyone thinks that was a good guy. Well, I have. A... <laughs> they, I mean, they they kind of portray him as a dick. <laughs> yeah, but like, it was funny on the water slide though when he was like carrying the little girl, like we're gonna cut everyone. So, yeah. I got a little girl. Um, but okay, uh, so we have Napoleon sucks. So the first one that they capture is Napoleon. He sucks. Mm -hmm. Billy the Kid, famous outlaw. Now. Did I like the law then? No. So maybe his outlawness sometimes. So ethically dubious, maybe. Ethically dubious. Then we get Socrates. And as a person who suffered through law school, fuck Socrates forever. <laughs> and his methods. <laughs> uh, yeah. As a I have a philosophy bachelor. My yeah. bachelor's philosophy. How do you feel about Socrates? Um... <laughs> Is he the one who died by hemlock? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, oh. he was the one who died by hemlock. So, I mean, I'm pro hemlock, maybe. I don't know. No, <laughs> no I, I would say Socrates. Um, so I mean, I mean, Socrates, the guy who played him was delightful. It was a delightful character. The guy who played him, fun fact, played an asshole in an episode of the Golden Girls. Could not oh, unsee that. Um, okay, but Socrates, I will say, 
I've suffered through many, many classes with about Socrates and um, where he's heavily featured or his like his uh, legacies were featured because he was Plato's yeah um, legacy or Lego. He was Plato's mentor. Mm -hmm. So uh, I that was like one of my favorites, I would say, actually, of, okay. of the group, because I was like, oh, it's one of my like, I know, you know, <laughs> we're like friends. I get it. <laughs> um, but then you got Freud, which like yeah, Freud, who, you know, at least moved feelings conversations on, though. Most of those feelings conversations were about men, but all stuff was for a long time. So all medicine was right. for a long time. And James then we Kong. got Beethoven, who's fine, right? Like he's, I think, I think he's fine. <laughs> I could see Changed Beethoven. I'm not looking, but I could see him fucking someone who's too young. But spirit of the times, <laughs> maybe. And then I feel very strongly that I don't understand why Lincoln was still such a popular president. I'm like, good that we won the Civil War or whatever, though, arguably, did we? Because you're in Florida. How many Confederate flags did you see today? <laughs> but regardless, Abraham Lincoln's early work about Black folk is so disgusting mm -hmm. and so horrific. And all of his writing about natives is so horrific. And he was an opportunist, in my opinion. He was like, well, I'm the president, so I want to keep the country together. And that's what he cared about. And yeah, sure, he made friends with Frederick Douglass. So the one guy changed his opinion that all black people weren't monsters, but he still thought most of them were. So fuck him. And I'm glad that like slavery ended, but I don't think he deserves the credit for that. He's not the one who put in the work for that. He just didn't want a country to segregate under his, to separate under his leadership. And he didn't do it based on um, morality, no. like questions in morality. Absolutely like, not. You and I just went to the African-American History Museum. Right. And we saw, I don't, I can't name names right at this moment, but we saw some quotes. Oh, de Tocqueville, right? Yeah. Alexis de Tocqueville, who is a, for me, he's like a, a famous kind of dude in, in my field. Um, he like was talking about how like fucking weird it was that America had so many enslaved people, you know? Yeah. And like, you don't have writings like that. From like Abe Lincoln and stuff. Right. So not at all. His stuff was gross. His early writing, his lawyer stuff was disgusting towards black people. And the fact that he's like somehow he was brilliant. He was very smart. But the fact that like people I respect still think he was like a top notch guy makes me fucking insane. He has um a catchy speech. I think that that hits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this so you just kind of did a rundown did you, did you hit all of them I, I, I kind of thought it was curious that the only like white guy like I guess Socrates Socrates is Greek right yeah which is like I don't know a little dubious the guy playing him was definitely white his name is Tony Steedman but um, the guy, dude who plays so Genghis Khan is the only non-white historical figure and he's fucking violent and when you first see him he's crude and is like definitely about to assault a woman yeah so, a yeah, young yeah. woman that's so, actually what eric said he goes the only thing they said bad about genghis khan was that like they kind of glaze over the fact that they probably just stopped a concubine from getting raped but yeah like, but they didn't make him 
even though he was violent, they didn't like say that he was like, I mean, they called him a barbarian in the speech, but they, they like, there was, they acted like he was like a great, like a, like a good guy. Yeah. Bananas. So let me ask you this. If you had to go back in time, who's on your roster of people you'd call back to? Oh, shit. Why would you do that to me without any prompting? <laughs> you know, we don't prepare. I would like you to give me your list and I'll think really hard and fast. I haven't prepped either, but I would probably Eleanor Roosevelt, number oh, one. Yeah. It I would, would be someone. Birthday twins meant to be friends. You are? Yeah, me, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Luke Perry. Who has the best birthday? Oh, this hell girl. yeah. Mine's um, <laughs> Farrah Fawcett. James Joyce. Oh, okay. Ina Garten and I have the same birthday, the Barefoot Contessa, and uh, some other folks who I can't okay. remember. I like Eleanor moment. Roosevelt, isn't it? Okay. So let if you and I were Bill and Ted, let, let's do this together. Let's brainstorm together. So we got Eleanor in our phone booth. Who else? Um, Maybe to Tocqueville. That would Tocqueville be would be kind of interesting. That would be an interesting one. French dude. Uh-huh. better than napoleon uh-huh. um okay so we got the tocqueville what about like um tubman or weaver oh you know what um who didn't i just listen to a whole oh i just listened to a podcast about uh one of the like richest women in america for a little while see i feel like i'm getting very american focused but she was a woman who was um, a slave and then was like forced to go to Utah and then she went up to California and I will put it on and then she became very, very rich because she was a nurse and she was a midwife and she she did all these kind of tinctures and, and sold those things. But she was very, very good. Uh, and I would love to hear her, but also Harriet Tubman. If she wasn't busy, I see, I wouldn't want to pull her from her very important work. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't but like, are you pulling them from their work or is it? Like, I don't know. I kind of. I don't know how the space time continues. I... Yeah. That whole thing was very confusing to me. Um, the way everything works with that. But okay. So whoever that person is, let's just think absent of if it would impact their other work. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I'd probably go like I don't know how many men I would actually bring with me. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the Tocqueville. Oh, it, Amelia Earhart. I'd want to. Okay. I want to bring her in. I okay. Conversation. Um. Sorry, you started to say. I mentioned the Tocqueville. Did you have something else? Or just because he said that Tocqueville was a man. Yeah, the only man that I've said. So. Well, I think that's a pretty decent list. Yeah, I mean, Dolly Parton, she's contemporary, but I'd grab her up, too. She's lived for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we come across more, I'm sure I will bl- randomly blurt out names as we so, go. But, okay, so from, like, a pedagogy standpoint, which is the science of teaching, from a teaching standpoint... Does it make sense to have a class where you teach your students about all these people in the same course? (laughs) It was a wide range. It was a wide range. That is for sure. No, 
It doesn't make sense. Because like some is would be like um like Eastern history, some would be like more medieval, some would be like Greek, like was that uh BC type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Some would be wild, wild west time, like Lincoln and Billy were probably from the same era. It doesn't make sense, but whatever, whatever we can do to get the kids interested in history, I guess. Um, maybe Marie Curie. Oh, would be a good one. Yeah, I will only bring in women. Back. So, what would we do with them? I guess just hang I out. Mean, I don't know that I'd be able to do. Oh, Frida Kahlo would be a cool one. She's also a little too contemporary, probably. So I'm only going contemporary. Um, uh, you know, I think that um, I probably wouldn't. T- I would want to like be there and witness if I had the choice more than bring them back. That's so. Fair. I guess if so we ever needed to, like, okay, maybe if we ever needed to, like, run a like badass women, mm-hmm. you know, defying the odds of patriarchy session, maybe we could bring them there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting is these guys were totally motivated by needing to do a report like that's pretty kind of selfish and so i wanted to ask you this is having other figures do your work for you does that count as a report that you've done so here's my thing this is where i'll say that they were okay because first i think they probably went way over the time limit but in their introduction they knew everything about them So, like, when they talked about Genghis Khan, they talked about not just, like, oh, he's a barbarian, but they talked about, like, Mongolia. Like, they went into detail about each of them. Okay. And so there was one, was it? Trying to think if it was Joan of Arc. I think maybe they went into quite a bit of detail, and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. There was one fact that I learned. Now I can't remember it, so it wasn't really helpful, but... I do think that in that case, it's okay. Okay. But um, I also think that having kids at a theater present on history makes me want to jump out a window. It yeah. also sounds super mortifying to everyone involved with that. So have you sat through, do you ever assign presentations? No. Oh, I've sat through several at this point. And I do, I gotta I do say, an extra credit one. Okay. Yeah. But so it's not the whole class. Do they present like two people or? Yeah. yeah, but I've always done them online. Okay. Well, I gotta say, I've sat through several presentations in several different kinds of ways at this point. And um, something that really gets to me now is when people go over time. Yeah. And yeah. so you just mentioned <laughs> that they went significantly over time. Like, I guess it was the end of the session and whatever, but in general, as a professor, I'd be annoyed at a few things. I'd be, <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll critique it. I would appreciate that they tried to appeal to multiple learning styles by having these like fun kind of interactive elements. So that's cool. Like they were rethinking how to give presentations, especially in an era when everything was so dry and boring. Now, um, you raise good points that they shared themselves enough information for it to track and be okay. But going over time, like 
I'm usually pretty chill about time. Like, I don't care. But if everyone goes over time in a class, right? So say everyone's supposed to do a five-minute presentation. If everyone does eight minutes of presentation, for me, that's an extra hour and a half right, of right. presentation that's happening. So um, personally, even if it's great, I can get I can start to get frustrated. <laughs> well, and you know what I was thinking is they all thought they were going to get out early. Yeah, he's like, oh, I guess our that, last presentation. You never didn't... fucking say that to students. <clears throat> you never say that. Oh, well, he said, I guess our last presentation didn't show, so I guess we're going to get out early, and then they like take the stage back over, and like. I would, as an audience member, it wouldn't matter how fun it was if I thought I was getting yeah. out of class. Because, you exactly. know, as a as a professor, how many times have you sat, you know, the kids who want to participate, the students who want to participate sit in the front, right? Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, you have someone in the back that participates. But more often than not, the participators sit closer. And you watch the people in the back row roll their fucking eyes. Yeah, when, when they one ask more question. Them. Yeah. Uh, and it's so hard because you're like, yeah, kid, I feel the same. Yep. <laughs> it is one more question. <laughs> I've told students because I, I end my classes with, all right, what questions can I answer? And then you'll start getting questions about the next assignment coming up or whatever, whatever. And I'll stand there because I want to give them a moment to think through if they have a question. So I'll do long pauses. Um, and so this is pretty recent like two weeks ago or something i did that and um i was waiting i was like what other questions can i answer what other questions and then i went okay i know at this point you're all waiting hoping someone else doesn't ask a question so if you do have a question i'll just stand here at the podium <laughs> just come up and i'll answer your question but everyone else can go yeah so that's how I deal with that. Because I used to be that student who was so annoyed, like, no, shut the fuck up. But also, I used to not ask questions because I want to get out of there, which is also not fair to my learning. But that's yeah. a total side rant. Well, and you know, <clears throat> my biggest pet peeve that I tell them at the beginning, whenever I'm in live classes, my biggest pet peeve about students is if you start fucking zipping up your backpack before I'm done talking, Ugh. you have pissed me off and I'm going to say it in 10 minutes. So I tell students at the beginning, so you know that they're like almost ready. And then someone asks a question and then they're like, oh, what do I do? Back. How do I, yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We're more observant than I think students. Well, it's, it's always like, it's funny with like cell phones. They'll like test text under the desk. And I'm like, you know, that that's just table. I can see under there. Right. I used to think that I was so sharp by um, texting, holding my phone like out of my pocket a little and texting uh -huh. in undergrad. So I can't hate. I'd rather you just use it out, out just use it out loud. But um, <laughs> that's another thing about this film, right, is um, that changed really quickly. The, the concept of a phone booth like that's. Yeah. Be relevant yeah, well and then like you know doctor who's been doing that but like why did, oh, yeah. i wonder why a telephone became a telephone booth became like this like transport entity like you see them in old movies a lot you know what i mean that there's like some very big significant part about this like enclosed space 
like all of them aren't glass that you could hear on the other side. I don't understand. Like, there's no privacy. Like, Superman got changed in a phone booth. Like, that. I wonder why that was such a, like, popular thing. It's hard to conceptualize yeah. now. You know what I mean? Because we don't... Well, the Superman, that one seems like... Because that's where he could get privacy. But you don't get privacy the glass. Oh, you just kind of said that. No, so, like... I mean... But, yeah, I get it. Why not a bathroom, right? I mean, I guess it's a self-standing thing. It is connected. I did think, you know, there were parts of the movie that I was like, yo, when they made The Matrix, they paid attention to this. Like, it was like <laughs> no, they first didn't. of all, George Carlin's outfit was the, from The Matrix. Oh, like, yeah. That, yeah, that you know whole what I mean? 20, everyone in 2688 was Matrix core. Right. And yeah. and Keanu Reeves is obviously a major part of it. And I'm like, I wonder, because like the idea that we're all kind of connected in time through these like chords these like telephone cords it's just so funny that that's what you know the thought process was it just feels like we should watch the matrix next to be like oh shit that's from bill and ted because i think we've come <laughs> up with several things <laughs> so i read this thing that was this um that uh that the writer said is that history teachers love us because they're so excited that students are excited about history and English teachers love us because they're so mad at the way their students talk now. <laughs> you mean hate us? Hate us. Yeah. Sorry. Hate us. <laughs> they're so upset about how they talk now, which I thought was really funny. But you put, made a good point though, that they did use some pretty big words. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Oh, do you have any other things you wanted to discuss? I kind of like, went through mine no because i do i do have things i want to get into in my least favorite most favorite what's yours oh no you go first okay um so my most favorite because it's related to the big words is um i i just kind of loved how like supportive and like kind they were to each other but also the historical figures that they essentially kidnapped um <laughs> but what well, the thing that made me laugh out loud was at one point bill says to billy the kid billy you are dealing with the oddity of time travel with the greatest of ease <laughs> was so funny oh we didn't even mention that this is an anniversary yeah so it's uh it turned 35 yesterday yeah yay so that that was really advantageous uh because we didn't even plan that or anything but it just happened that way because we're um, psychics witchcraft yeah witchy, witchy, <laughs> all right sorry keep going <laughs> uh cringe was definitely the fucking relationship between bill's dad and um what was her name missy yep and um in particular the part where um he starts looking at her when she's serving food and is like you all need to get out of here with the um implication being that he was oh, kicking yeah, he Bill out, out of his own room, room so yep. he can fuck this like 20 21 year old yeah so that was freaky um did i say that was my hated so that was cringiest cringiest yeah that's cringy um fuck i had a hated oh this is what I hated about this movie. 
all that time travel shit did not make sense to me. So, and like time travel makes sense, right? But the butterfly effect shit, like basically like the majority of the plot and any like obstacle they faced for the last like half hour was essentially remedied by them doing stuff in the future for themselves that then impacted. So then, but that doesn't make sense because- Get the trash can, get the trash can. Yeah, is because when you think about like the butterfly effect, that would have- like that does not make sense the way that they did that but so i thought that that was i don't know i thought that that was in and you know obviously i'm no i'm no space time expert or anything but uh it, it felt kind of like a, a a lazy i don't know if i would call it lazy but like a simple way to kind of get through the plot right know, it was but funny don't you, but... but don't you think it goes to them not being dumb because like bill being like so what if you in two days took went back in time and got your dad's keys what, what if you went back in time and got your dad's keys and then you left him behind this pole so we would have them yeah. you know and then they were there he like figured that out which means they're not dumb right and so like obviously i'm living in a time where i've seen um Back stuff like inception uh yeah back to the future uh Which that actually is a big movie for me so we do have to watch what's that one movie um yeah we can watch back to the future but what's that one movie uh there's another like uh interstellar like i've seen enough of those movies that kind of like fuck with time Mm -hmm. but like in very complex serious ways and this was so unserious and i'm watching it now it's very not complex so i I just kept thinking that doesn't fucking make sense because if they didn't like they created a loop like they wouldn't have done the presentation and got and done it and gotten it um like they wouldn't have succeeded if they wouldn't have unlocked the door. They couldn't unlock the door without the keys, but they'd said, let's go do it after the presentation. So it would, like create this like weird, confusing loop that I took it too serious. And I mean, overall, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of faith that they would remember all the things that they had to do. Yeah. yeah. Write it down. Like, don't forget to set an alarm clock. Like what? And this is me being really nitpicky. Yeah. So if I had to be nitpicky, I would say that the the way that they handled this like this butterfly effect or like break in the the space time continuum was a little well, a little and they awkward. saw themselves. That's number one rule, right? They saw themselves and they reckon they like told them to do stuff, but then that didn't. I don't know. So that kind of stuff was too much. But Too that's much. if I had to get nitpicky about this movie. Because overall, I find it pretty delightful. What about yeah. you? So I think, you know, my least favorite, I really am disappointed that they called each other that when they hugged each other. Yeah. Like, I hate that because it's just like, it's so disingenuous to the character. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, the characters in no other space in that whole movie would they use gay slurs at each other for doing something. And that just didn't make sense. And I I feel like they threw it in to give it like an edge. And I just thought it was lazy writing. And I it just didn't seem to make sense with the time. Like, And we also just came off, like, that's the only 
uh, thing that the biodome dudes Mm -hmm. had ahead of them is that, as we talked about last week, they were like, yeah, we're a little bio. And so that's something that the biodome dudes got right, which is really kind of funny because it's the only thing that Bill and Ted themselves as characters got wrong. They were respectful with the princesses. They were respectful to Missy. They were respectful to their teachers. So, yeah. What else? What's your cringe? So cringiest is the same as you. That was like the dad. I don't I don't understand. But anyway, uh, but my favorite scene in the whole movie was so dumb. So so, you know, Bill and Ted see other Bill and Ted and Ted says Ted Keanu Reeves says, hey, Ted, give the princesses my love. And so they see the princesses and they're like, oh, my God, we do love them. They're so beautiful. They're far away. And during the time that they're trying to talk to the princesses, Socrates and Billy the Kid are throwing a football around in the back. And they had just kind of learned what football was. And they were like throwing the football back and forth, but they were like underhand and they were like, what is this shape? And I just <laughs> thought that was so funny. I was dying. I was like, the the commitment in a background i love that like anytime i watch a movie and you can see like one of the extras is being very serious or you see like one of the like side characters like really kind of committing to the bit in those kind of ways i fucking love it so much so that brought me a lot of delight (laughs) um that does remind me though and we don't want to leave today without saying that diane was right yes in biodome as they marched around to the safety dance in one scene, I couldn't put it online because you sent me such a shitty picture. But in one scene, <laughs> there is a little person. Why are you victim blaming right now? <laughs> in a, I think it's like a majorette, like a major, like a like or a drum just line like uniform. Napoleon. Uh, I think it was like a drum <laughs> line uniform because they were no, like that makes sense. Drum line. That makes sense. Um, randomly in the biodome when no one else was allegedly there so diane was not wrong she made me laugh for 10 minutes i don't know how she caught it i don't know how i missed it but i sent you a shitty video because i had to get it to you immediately (laughs) i literally got i shut my laptop and just store like marched over to my tv (laughs) and jan was watching something i was like we have to put biodome on right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so good all right so sorry i just wanted to not forget that all right yeah. so just pass the does bill and ted's excellent adventure pass the smell test i give it a hell yeah yeah i, I mean and i think you know i grapple sometimes with the if they if something like the f word is uttered in a film does that is that an automatic disqualifier and i would say no, because the spirit of the times, um, it's unfortunate. Uh, but I mean, they just fucking made one of these films like in 2020. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, they're still doing it. I like want to watch. <laughs> yeah, I want to see how. I want to see what other historical figures, like if yeah. if they ex- expand, if they even that. do, they won't have a history presentation. Do you think they? I didn't see any of the other ones. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't. This is my first foray into Bill and Ted. But yeah, I would say that this film does. I mean, and this is where it gets tricky because it's also like. 
with changes does it pass the smell test you know and then does that count yeah i mean like um, what we know about some of the like abe lincoln for example maybe we wouldn't though america does they still he's still the favorite what we've learned is all america's presidents suck ass but except yeah. for jimmy carter who's somehow living through because it couldn't be controlled but he's somehow living through a long time in his hospice care he's been in hospice for a year today yeah bananas anyway presidents suck lincoln suck too that's my story yeah but like i don't know i just keep going back to the fact that like a young woman with a dad was part of the gag maybe like i think they could probably still go along with that plot line a little bit if they i don't know i mean i've seen other movies where there's a young stepmom i don't know i think overall yes the premise good um some elements of this film like bill's dad meh yeah but overall sure yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> all right well we are the smell test podcast on instagram and if you want to send us our first ever non-ad email email at a email us suggestions for movies at the smell test podcast at gmail.com we are also on the smell test pod on x thanks everybody Thanks, y'all.